0: Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast for The Mandalorian. My name is Dan and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ed. Hello, hello. And Noma. Hello there. How are we doing today, guys? Not bad.
1: Uh, Hoping OBS actually works this time.
0: (laughs) The recording will go. I hope so. We do have a new episode of The Mandalorian, which means we need to get into it. Ed, what episode are we covering today?
2: Today we are discussing the events of The Mandalorian Chapter 22, Guns for Hire. In this episode, we'll be talking about what happened, what may happen in future episodes, and if we found any Easter eggs, what we found, and how many we did, and then we're going to discuss those. Of course, if there's anything that we miss, we are human, we do make mistakes, we are fallible. Um, please contact us, let us know what you saw that we didn't mention, and what it implies for you, and what, where you think it comes from. And we might have a little conversation about it. So if you do want to contact us, there's many ways to do
1: so, and no one's going to let you know how. Yeah, also speak for yourself. I'm fucking perfect. Uh, But yeah, absolutely. There's a whole bunch of different ways to contact us. Uh, One of the easiest is our website, which is voiceoftheforce.com. We've also got our merch shop, as always. That is shop.voiceoftheforce.com. Uh, email wise, we are connect at voicetheforce.com. And on social media, we are on Twitter and Instagram. The handle for both is at VoiceForcePod. As always, retweeting and reposting our new episode tweets does help with growing our listener base and is very much appreciated. Uh, we are also on Twitch now. We're going to be trying to keep that to at least once a week. Uh, right now, that is Fridays at 8 p.m., 7 or 8 p.m. EST. Uh, but we will try to keep you updated for that on our Twitter at the very least. Uh, that handle is, uh, well, not our Twitter handle, but our Twitch is twitch.tv slash voiceforcegaming. And if there's anything you'd like to see us play, absolutely let us know. Uh, right now, we are playing the most Star Wars game possible, Sekuto Shadows Die Twice.
0: You know, I was looking I'll- at trying to get a mod for lightsabers instead of katanas, so that might turn <laughs> into that- the
1: would that inspire you to block more? Maybe.
0: <laughs> or she projectiles.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, it it'll be it has been a fun time so far. It'll hopefully continue to be fun. Uh we hope you join us for that. But we you can also listen, rate, review, follow and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible and all major podcast platforms. Reviewing us a five-star in a comment helps with visibility, and you can subscribe for free for the latest episode as soon as it releases.
0: Thank you, Ed and Noma. And before we get into the episode, I just want to go for a spoiler warning. If you have not seen this episode of The Mandalorian, please pause the podcast here and then go watch it and come back so you can enjoy the episode to its fullest. And with that said, let's get into the credits of this episode. We are not Imperial either. We are Mandalorian, and sadly, you're too late to hire us. You see, we've been commissioned to track you down, Captain Shuggath. This is an act of war. War? (laughs) We're privateers. Individuals for hire. The price is high, but we are very good at what we do.
1: Loyal as well which is why we cannot accept your generous offer.
0: You see, we were already hired by a certain Mon Calamari Viceroy, who has reason to believe you absconded with her son.
1: So this episode is The Mandalorian Chapter 22, Guns for Hire. Uh, The writer is Jon Favreau, and the director returning is uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. I think this is her... I think this is her third or fourth episode of Mandalorian that she's directed.
0: Yeah, something like that. Um,
1: Yeah, they've all been good so far. This one is no different. Uh, But yeah, so this episode starts off with uh, an interesting ship. I'm curious what the mark is because as soon as I saw it, the design was like, oh, it it reminds me in the best way possible of the live-action Cowboy Bebop. Um, It's got a very similar kind of style to it, especially the kind of like pastel, orangey-brown color scheme it's got. Um, But this episode... uh, I pointed this out a couple times in our first recording, um, but this this episode has a lot of red herrings that occur based off our impressions of uh, previous Star Wars, I guess, stereotypes. And so this follows that because at the beginning of the episode, it's a Quarren crew who's uh, piloting this ship. So it's like, oh, okay, so it's going to be evil. They're going to be doing something evil. Um, and so the we see the captain. The captain's got something interesting going on too, where she's in this, she's commanding from like a... a tube of water it almost looks like a back to tank basically but um they get a an alert that there is an imperial heavy cruiser coming up on them and they can't fight it uh so she gives all these overly um kind platitudes of like oh we didn't know there's a warlord in this system we'll pay tribute and uh the response is oh we're, we're not a warlord and she goes oh of course you know i'm, I'm willing to pay protection uh then hire you for protection and uh, we get a reveal that it's not an imperial ship; it's Mandalorian, and uh, Ax—I thought his name was Axel, but it's Ax Woves—commanding uh, the Architans, um that is coming up on them. And he basically says, "Oh, you know, uh, we're—we're not—we're not anything like that. We're privateers. This is a Mandalorian vessel, not imperial, um, and we are—we're here for a job. And so this is where that first red herring comes up because it turns out." Um, that there is a Mon Calamari prince on board who basically eloped uh, with the ship captain. Uh, they were hired, the Mandalorians are hired to bring the prince back. So we get a little bit of a scene of, of you know, uh, neither of these lovers wanting to part ways, but they don't really have a choice because it's Mandalorians. Uh, so they take the prince back, and then we cut to the episode proper where we've got um katan Din, and Gorgu basically... Uh, going out to, I thought it was Kalabala uh, again, but it turns out it's a new planet called Plazier 15, um, where they're going down to find and try to re-recruit Axe Wolves and the Night Owls. Um, so again, right, this is another kind of red herring uh, that we're thrown, because as they're coming down, uh, their ship's controls get overridden, and they're basically like, hey, uh, welcome to Plazier 15, this beautiful, idyllic, uh, paradise, democracy planet. Uh, we're told many times it's a direct democracy, which is interesting. Um, but the controls are overridden. You kind of see a on bows. Like, I could shoot our way out of this, but let's wait and see what happens. Uh, they're made to land on a landing platform when they get out. Uh, there's Imperial droids there to greet them, even though they've said it's an independent world. Uh, they get into this, like, uh, hyper tube transport, uh, are made to give their chain codes. And then once they know who they are, it's basically, oh, the uh, governor... And, um, uh, yeah, the governor and her spouse are requesting to meet with you. It's also not a request. So they're taken straight to there. Um, And while we're there, we kind of, again, it's that implication because it's like, okay, this is going to be the heavy-handed. Yeah, this is a great place to live, but, you know, actually we control with an iron hand. Uh, Nope, doesn't turn out to be that. So they show up to to the governor's palace, I guess. And it's uh, this is where we see Lizzo and Jack Black, and they're the—I uh, can't remember their titles because they barely use them, or at least maybe I just don't remember it. Um, but they're doing this big, luxurious feast, uh, and Jack Black's basically saying, oh, come in and, and enjoy. And they really play up, again, that, like, oh, uh, pampered, luxurious nobles were doing, like, weird stuff because uh, he mentions— um, oh, you know, uh, come in and, and enjoy some of the secretions and you know I was like secretions so and then they yeah, they pan up and there's a big giant creature like in this pod that they're all drinking the, the fluids of. So yeah that was, was interesting. Um, so they sit and and we're given a big spiel on on what's happening. Um, we're basically told okay, it's a de- it's a direct democracy like it's 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 even more I think pacifist than like Mandalore was in Clone Wars. Um, where their, their security force doesn't even carry weapons and stuff like that. And so the entire labor force is done by droids, but a bunch of them have been malfunctioning and going berserk lately. Um, they've hired the Mandalorians as protection against external threats. However, uh, because they're a security force, they're not actually allowed to enter the city. Um, so uh, Jack Black and Lizzo want to hire, well, hire, make an arrangement with Bo-Katan and Din to uh, hunt down and get rid of the droids that are, are going berserk. And in exchange, uh, again, this is part of the the kind of red herring, because you kind of assume from everything we've seen in Star Wars with uh, rich pampered nobles, it's like, oh, you'll do this because I'm so so special and important, obviously. Uh, that's what we're led to believe, and and Bo even basically says that. And uh, Lizzo says, oh, no, we're not asking in that sense. Um, Axe-Woves told us that that they split with you because you wanted to proclaim Mandalore. Um, If you do this for us, then we'll support your bid for Mandalore to be an independent system and be legitimized in the eyes of the New Republic. Um, And so with that on the table, uh, Bo's a bit resistant at first, but you can kind of see like, oh, this would be a good step forward for us. Din doesn't even need that for recruitment as soon as he was like, we're going to, as soon as he basically heard, we're going to be beating up droids. He was all for it. Um, so from here, it turns into the the kind of filler episode because we're trying to track down what's happening. So they go down to first meet with the security bureau, uh, which is run by, and I was surprised. I wasn't expecting this, but you, you hear the voice and you see the face. I was like, Oh, it's Christopher Lloyd. Uh, so we've got Doc as, as head of security. Um, so he basically runs them up to speed with it. Uh, Bo asks, uh, if the droids are running rampant, why not just shut them all down? And he says, oh, um, the droids are the entire labor force. They do everything. They do all the work. No one on this planet works. Um, everyone's an artisan and just free to pursue whatever they want. If we shut all the droids down the side, it would collapse because nobody actually knows how to work at this point, um, which is interesting. It c- comes back to, I mean, every, for me, everything does, right? But uh, something that they have in Warhammer 40K that I thought was kind of a cool... Um, a cool thing to, not necessarily ape on, but I guess show. And it's definitely a part of the outer rim that we haven't actually seen before. Um, but yeah, so from there, he directs them to go talk with the Ugnaughts, who basically uh, repair and reprogram the droids. Uh, they do, they go down there, and Bo tries to talk with them. None of them care enough to even give her the time of day. I was wondering at this point, like, oh, okay, is, is this... Are we going to pull, Din's going to pull the, oh, I have an Ugnaught friend card. And he does 100%. He, he does the whole, like, oh, you know, I'm Din and I, I knew uh, Quill. I, I, and, uh, you know, I have spoken. And immediately that gets everybody's attention. So I, I thought to myself from season one, like, oh, this is just a Quill thing. No, I guess it's an entire Ugnaught thing. Um, so they have a bit of a talk. Bo tries to get information out of them, but it doesn't go anywhere because she doesn't know the proper way to talk with them. Uh, so Din does get the information um, and then they head to the the docking bay where they've, I don't know how the Ugnots figured this out, but they've predicted that the next incident would be there. Um, and then we kind of see the opposite of the coin because Din might know how to talk to Ugnots, but as soon as uh, he's within sight of droids and all the droids in this uh, loading bay are B2s and they're being overseen by a B1 battle droid. Um, he immediately just become, like goes into full shit-disturber mode. Bo's trying to get information out of them, and Din's in the corner kicking B2s to try and get a rise out of them. Uh, it eventually works. He kicks a battle a B2 so hard that it falls over, and then it starts running away. So they do a big uh, chase scene trying to catch the B2. Uh, it's one of the only parts of the episode that I, I was a little bit annoyed by because they do the chase scene, uh, Din has somehow has lost; it doesn't have his jetpack on in the scene, um, but Bo does. But she never uses it to catch up to the battle droid, which is a little bit uh, confusing. But they managed to catch it, um, and then we get <laughs> another point, which was like it, it was. I was okay with it, but it was very like it was almost too much on the nose because they're they take out the the B two and they're they're looking through it, and Bo goes, "I found a I found a, a spark book." Um, and it, it's for the resistor uh, droid bar, and I'm like, okay, I see we're doing a detective noir story. Are we really pulling a Star Wars version of oh, I found a matchbook on the dead guy's body and yeah. the battle? the bar? Where it's like it's it's a little it's a little too on the nose because like what is a spark book? What it would even like? You can't just show me this and be like, oh yeah, no, he he is for his droid cigarettes, and it's like no, come on. But anyways, uh, they go to the resistor. And as soon as I had heard resistor in my head, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. We're doing a droid liberation army story. Uh, that's what this whole thing is going to be about. Um, cool. You know, I'm always down for droid liberation army. Nope. That's another red herring, uh, done very well. Cause I didn't see this coming. So they go to the bar. Uh, Din of course is like, ah, it's time for interrogation. I'm going to, I will kill as many droids here as I have to, until I get the truth out of one of your memory cores. And Bo's like, okay, calm the fuck down. Um, gives them a bit of a speech about like, okay, I know you don't like droids and some bad stuff happened to you. It doesn't mean they're all evil. Um, and then the, the bartender droid even pipes up and, and says a whole like, oh yeah, we want to figure out how, how, like what's happening and stop this too. Um, because, and gives a whole spiel about basically how, um, most of the droids who are part of this workforce for Pleasure um, are all, they're from the separatist era and, you know, they're all very old. And if they were sent anywhere else, they'd probably be, uh, Basically broken down for scrap. They're so old, but they still want to live and work. And uh, the work they do for the humans is not so much that it's unbearable. It's it's, it's they they basically say like it's the least we can do. And I, all the droids in the bar kind of um, agree with that sentiment, which was surprising. I don't think we've really seen that, or at least I. It's been a while since I've seen a sentiment like that in Star Wars. Um, but he basically takes them into the back room and explains, um, oh the 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 oil, uh, I, I can't remember the name, it's like Neth- um that the droids imbibe here. It like it uh, protects their circuits from the work that they do, and it also uploads uh, new programming routines uh, dependent on what the, the command matrix tells us. Um, so he goes through all the, the, I guess, oil that they have, and he goes, oh, all the droids that went crazy uh, were imbibing this oil. Um, so they then, from there, knowing this, uh, go to a droid morgue, which was interesting. I mean, maybe it's just a morgue and they just have a
0: B two. I assumed it would have been just like where the Ugnats are.
1: Yeah, right. But yeah. it's like a whole different area. With it's a this, literal like, morgue. morgue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, who knows? Maybe it's just it's a morgue for everybody. But there's a, there also droids here. It's 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 a little bit weird. But um, they extract the. They have a, re- a reprogrammed torture droid that extracts the oil, um, and the the worker basically goes through it and is like, oh yeah, there's. Um, there's traces of subparticles in the oil. Um, this could be used to upload commands. And Din asks, like, "Oh, is it still active?" And then the torture droid goes berserk, like immediately, like on cue. Um, starts firing all these like cutter lasers around. It wings the the morg worker and Bo-Katan. and then Din just runs up and hacks it in half with the dark saber. Um, then we get Bo-Katan being like, "Yeah, no, it's still active." Um, so they they look at the subparticles. They turn out to be nano droids. Um, And within the nanodroid, uh, I guess, makeup, they find Orabesh writing uh, on it that basically confirms that they were uh, smuggled in from off-world and it was uh, ordered by the uh, head of security, Christopher Lloyd, um, which is straight-up illegal. The morgue worker says it very clearly. Um, So they go to confront him, and when uh, they do, he... Basically, puts his hand over the shutdown button and goes, "Oh, if, if you guys try to arrest me, I'll hit the switch, and all the battle droids will revert back to their combat programming." Um, so they try, you know, it's like, "Oh, why would why would uh, Commander Hellgate, which is a little bit on the nose, but uh, why would he be evil?" And it's revealed he's a he's a diehard separatist loyalist. Um, so he's been, you know, on their side ever since the Clone Wars. He survived this entire time. Um, he starts to go on a bit of a spiel about, uh, you know, Dooku was right and he was uh, taken down by the Jedi Marauder. But while he's giving his speech, bo sees an opening and Electra darts him. Um, so he just goes down and, uh, that basically wraps up the plot. So they take him back to, um, and Jack Black. And there's a little bit of a talk about like, oh, you know, they, he's betrayed us and you're exiled to uh, our moon and until you can redeem yourself. Um, we get a little bit of a, a nice kind of wrap up to the situation. Bo-Katan's given the key to Plazier 15. Um, for some reason, they Knight Grogu is like a Knight of the old independent systems. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Um,
0: it's
1: a little, it's a little bit random. It's a bit on the nose of like, I guess this is as close to a Jedi Knight as you're ever going to be. Um, but from there, it's like, okay, you know, thank you for doing this. We'll let you go see the other Mandalorians now. Um, so they go to the, the uh, Mandalorian. I was going to say enclave, but it's more of just like a landing zone. Um, and Din has a quick talk with Bo and basically says like, oh, uh, how are you planning to win them over? Uh, Axe is probably not interested in ceding command. And Bo basically says, I'll figure it out when I get there. Um, which is true. So they, they roll up and we get to see the stolen fleet that Bo's been talking about. Um, that there's, you know, they've basically built a Mandalorian fleet out of captured Imperial vessels. Um, it's quite a lot of ships. I'll, I'll talk about that afterwards, but, um, They've got a pretty, a pretty good supply, enough that I was confused how they fit it on with the Architons. Um But they get there, and um, Axe basically says what they were thinking. He's not willing to cede command. Um, so, Bo, I think word for word uh, says what Maul said to Pre Vizsla in Clone Wars, and, uh, you know, I challenge you one warrior to another, and only the one who leads or who wins will lead the, the assembled Mandalorians. Um, so Axe agrees because, you know, if not, he'd basically have already lost. Um, they fight and it's a really good fight. It's nicely choreographed, but Bo just wipes the floor with him. Like Axe, he gets a couple good hits in, but Bo just straight up stabs him at one point and like almost throttles him with, with her whip cord, um, and gets a knife to his throat twice. Uh, so when she beats him the second time, um, it says, do you yield? Um, Axe points out that she technically doesn't deserve to lead them because um, she doesn't have the Darksaber. Din does. And this is, um, oh yeah, I guess I didn't mention it this time. Um, I, I Spoiler alert, uh, this is the second time we're recording it because OBS did a fuck up. But um, one thing I mentioned in, in our last recording was that at the beginning of the episode, they did a um, last time on. And I, I kind of lamented that I need to start skipping those from now on. Um, Because I I remember the Mandalorian well enough. And the last time on just straight up spoiled this next part um, where Axe goes, oh, you know, you don't have the Darksaber. You don't lead us. Because in the last time on, we see uh, the droid, the cyborg, I guess, would be a better term, um, that uh, drugs Din, captures them, and then we see Bokatan killing it with the Darksaber. And at the time when I saw it, I was like, oh, what? Why did they show that again? And even before they would met with the Mandalorians here, I was like, "Oh, it's because they're gonna pull the." And it makes sense, right? Oh, you beat the. I had the yeah. dark. I had the dark saber. I was defeated by this guy. Bo defeated him. Therefore, she defeated my, uh, the enemy that bested me. So she is the rightful owner of the dark saber, and that is what happens. Din steps forward and says that, and says, "Is that not? Does that not prove she wields the dark saber?" And the second time he says it, Axe basically says, yes, it does. Um, so he then gives it back to Bo. Um, and the final shot that we end on is Bo with the ignited Darksaber. And, uh, yeah, I guess basically our first shot of Mandalore the Uniter, as I, I don't know what Bo's title will be. I don't know if she'll take a title. Um, but if she does, it makes most sense to me, at least, for, you know, Mandalore the Uniter. Um, and, yeah, that basically ends out this episode. Um it's a pretty good one. I I will say this is the most the most egregiously filler episode of this season that we've seen so far. Some of the other ones are you know, the side plot has stuff to do like uh with the shriek bat, like that has stuff that has to do with the main overarching plot. So it's a little bit easier to hide, but this is straight up just like dive into some completely other stuff for this entire episode. And then you can deal with the actual plot at the end. However, uh, the flip side of that is I actually really like this filler episode because it does something that we've all been saying, like, please do more of this, um, which is expanding on lore. We got a lot, a lot of lore in this episode um, from certain things like how Jack Black's character is ex-Imperial and he settled he uh, settled with this new alliance. The Amnesty um, Program. Amnesty too. Program, Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, try to make this world better, even, you know, the droid reprogramming was a good idea, it's just that, uh, Hellgate was sabotaging it. Um, we got a whole bunch of stuff about, you know, the Mandalorians and how they're working as these, like, super commando equivalents, I guess, being a mercenary, uh, task force that'll work perfectly for large amounts of money
0: um just get like where they got those fang or not the fang fighters the um gauntlet fighters uh from because <clears> she said like i worked with these guys to get them back from the empire so she got like all of those gauntlets <clears> from the empire it's like well there you go now we know where they came from and there was and like I, 10 of them there's a lot
1: uh so so we see uh, i was double checking like if we're generous and we count each new shot as new gauntlets we see eight
0: okay that's pretty uh, solid though like, uh,
1: the stolen fleet that we see, um, as far as I, as far as I understand it yeah. is, uh, one Arkitans freight, uh, one Arkitans cruiser. There's two Gazanti freighters. Two? And I then thought there was one. There's one on the right and there's one on the extreme far Oh, left. I didn't notice that. I had that. to go, I had to go back to, to catch it again. Cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, you, you just see its cockpit. Uh, so two Gazantes, and then this, I, I thought it was six or seven gauntlets. Okay. Um, that's
0: a fair so amount.
1: Yeah, it, it, you know, it's not going to go up against like the second Death Star's fleet, but it's it's not a bad fleet for what they starting what they off
0: want with, from. right? Yeah,
1: um, yeah. We also basically, it's never confirmed, but it is heavily implied that the Night Owls stole Gideon's uh,
0: Architens from last season. Yeah, it just makes sense, right? Because like they're they're there, they might Who, as well take it, right?
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, on one hand, there were two Night Owls, uh, so I, I am curious of how mu- how much of a struggle it must have been for uh, Bowen. What's her name? Kaz- Keska. Yeah. Um. To you know, take that back to the other Mandalorians. Two people trying yeah. to pilot an entire Um but it makes sense. Who else in that crew needed an arcitens?
0: Fennec doesn't. Yeah. Um. I thought the New Republic was going to take it, but I guess they didn't. So that was uh, yeah. I, I yeah. They probably just uh, sent.
1: I oh my god. I can't remember her name. Uh. The marshal. Uh, oh. You yeah. know, no longer Caridun. appearing in this. Yeah, Cara Dune. They probably just sent her back, and then you know. Uh, shunted her right out yeah. of the show, um, but yeah, it, it's it's you know it makes sense. What are you guys trying to, to to do? We're trying to be the best privateers that we can, as they say. Yeah, obviously you're going to you know take Imperial tech to do so. This is the closest we've basically gotten so far to um, the wild card. Uh, you know, it's it's not a star destroyer, but it is an Imperial vessel
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, that has basically been taken over by a neutral party. Um, yeah, outside of that, uh, are there any other Easter eggs? I mean, like I said, it's, it's surprising to see, um, not evil corns that kind of threw me for a loop. I guess as far as I can remember the first time that, um, the corns had did... been just straight up evil.
0: Yeah. I did like their ship's like architecture because it was very similar to Mon kind of thing with the, like the orbs yeah, on the outside. Yeah. I'm like, well, they're from the same planet. So it makes a lot of sense that that's the case. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's very smooth and kind of spherical, but it doesn't have all the bumps and stuff. It did have some bumps. Um, It
0: had like two on each side on the top, like those little. But the the bumps actually contribute to things, because
1: then when you see the back of it, those are thruster pods, right? Oh, Um, I see. Okay. I'm thinking of like Home 1, where it's got all these bumps that I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Just Um, the look of it. Yeah, or the MC, I think it's MC70 victories. Okay. No, uh, the MC90 is Home 1, which also you know the big but the victory is the one that i really like where it's also got the wings on the side yeah. um and then the mc75 is none of that because Rogue one i guess but um yeah i mean just off the top of my head that's everything i can uh think
0: of how about you ed
1: you'd be pretty quiet Mm-mm. yeah this
2: episode was an episode it um it had plot that moved forward at the end of it which was mm. necessary so i don't consider it a filler uh, the task they were hired to do to get to that spot seemed like you know you're here for the main quest and that's great before <laughs> we let you continue the main quest there's yeah, just a yeah. small side thing we need you to do exactly. we're
1: withholding information until then it's the side quest so, for the, the main quest yeah. exactly it, it's it's a mandatory side
2: quest yeah,
0: exactly yes. <laughs> exactly
1: so it's
2: like you're not quite the level you need to be so we're gonna go level you up um mm. And that's the way I I chose to take it. It was a fun little distraction, but they never Mm -hmm. lost sight of the the true goal of why they were there. It was never I
0: mean,
2: They're probably going to be doing this on other planets. I can't believe these are the only other Mandalorians out there that they're going to grab. If so, due to budget or constrictions or whatever, so be it. But I believe this was, you know, this is the first place you would go to. He's like, yeah, let's get my fleet back then we mm. can travel in that's power what I'm yeah. to anybody else that sees us. No, we're already a gigantic force. It's not just the two of us walking around. And now that she's the more...
0: Darksaber too. Exactly. Yeah. They well, have
1: and... more chance to believe her. Yeah, and adding on to that, the Night Owls, so for Bo, they're a known, you know, she knows exactly what their resources are. Mm-hmm. Um, with the other Mandalorian clans, if she hasn't seen them in decades, who knows how, how much stronger or weaker they've become. Um, also, kind of speaking of that, I also do like how they we we get callbacks in this episode that are very good like um jack black's character when they're like oh why would we ha- uh, how can we help uh with this um and he says like oh yeah you know our constables aren't allowed these weapons but hey mandalorians weapons are part of your religion we're yeah, right? so not, yeah. not going to stifle your religion and the, and then you know it's the callback to din saying that in season two i think yeah. uh, with Boba the, fan, with
2: the think. transport ship though season two yeah yeah, and yeah he's trying to leave after doing the job yeah yeah, on that yeah exactly world. the world
1: yeah, to go back to Coruscant, yeah. or Coruscant to go back to Tatooine. Um, but yeah, so it's just a cool callback of just like yeah, you know, we we know the Mandalorian hype, we know all the stuff about them. Um, XYZ, we think you guys can help us for a mutual relationship, which I also like. It's been it's been a long time since we've seen like. Nobles in Star Wars that aren't just huge douchebags.
0: They they have an air of douchebaggery to them, but they're also mm. like down to earth enough that they're like But that's the misdirection, that's the red it. herring. That's it. That's exactly. it. Right? So this episode, right? That's the yeah. nice part about it. And it's characters and actors that like that you really appreciate in the role that you're like, this is like a perfect kind of marriage of like this person who's the mm. actor and the character that he's playing or there that she's playing. It was really good. What, you're saying that Jack Black gets typecast as a kind hearted buffoon? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Jack Black's one of I mean, my favorite he's actors. An imperial
2: freaking general? Was he a moth? No, or I think he was
0: like a him? they said something I... in it. I'll I'll look it, it up. Some but... some kind of tech specialist, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um Um But yeah, I, I enjoyed it.
2: I was seeing a lot of people who are not enjoying this season online.
0: Which yeah, apparently so they hated stupid. Lizzo and Jack Black because it's like why are you bringing them in? It's like why not any other actors? Like because they're good for the roles. Like let them do yeah. their job. That's Who, what they're. That's what but, they're do. They do that. That's yeah, their job. That,
1: that's supposed to. They're not coming in as like oh, master Jedi and like super Mandalorian. It's like they're planetary governors. Like,
2: yeah. And even what, still, like if if you. If you take somebody who's a kid who has no idea who these characters are, does it affect mm. how you look at the, the yeah. episode? I recognized Jack Black right away, and then Lizzo took me a bit, and I was just like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. What, I was looking away. They're I'd not buy bringing it. the only thing they brought in for them is that he was kind of singing to her a little bit I love as, that. as they were walking yeah. in. Yeah. So that kind of fit to his character more so, just as yeah. Jack Black, but like he didn't go overboard with it. Nothing that they did was insane acting or overblown anything that yeah, they were yeah. trying to impose their mark on it. Rather, they put themselves aside and fully dived into Star Wars. I failed to see how that's a problem. But mm-hmm. yet some people will look for anything to nitpick. So Seriously. at that point, I was like, fine, you you don't care. Because the same people are saying, like, oh, you know, they've lost their way. This isn't the Mandalorian. I'm just like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> And what thing- are you watching this show for? Do you know what a Mandalorian is? This whole season, they've been trying to teach you because the first two mm-hmm. seasons, they realized that, yeah, we're calling it the Mandalorian, but we've really just been doing daddy and, and baby. Yeah, thing. Lone Wolf and, and Cub. <laughs> yeah, now we're actually talking about Mandalorians and doing a Mandalorian story and you don't like it. Well, yeah. the name of the show is Mandalorian and Love It or Hate It, we're finally getting what it means to be Mandalorian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... If you didn't take the time to go look into the lore and all that other stuff, I don't care if it's Legends or not, mm. go look at it. Because you can see if you have that back knowledge, you know this is everything that's supposed to be what they're, what they're talking about and what they're trying to teach you if you open your mind <laughs> is something important. Watch the show and enjoy what you're seeing. If you don't enjoy it, you know what we always say, stop watching it. Nobody yep. needs your dumbass opinion about. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. No, you don't know what you're talking about. So stay yeah. silent. Let the people I, who know what they're talking about show you a story and appreciate yeah. it for what it is. Because I'm getting yeah. really fed up of this nonsense.
0: <laughs> Yo, me too. No, man. I,
2: I've, I've seen so
1: many. I've seen so many terrible takes online where it's like, oh, they should. She. They should have asserted their authority, and Bo should have just like shot everyone until they understood, and it's like, oh, yeah, because Meathead Mandalorians, that's, oh, yeah, so that's the aspect I want to see. Yeah, That's definitely not an archetype they've done a million times in Legends, is, guys, we need to stop killing everybody all the time, because we just, we just start doing it until we get our asses kicked. And not just yeah.
0: that, but, like, in Three this episode... different
1: Mandalorian wars have started and ended because of that.
0: Yeah. i just say, like, the one thing with, you know, Bombardier and, and the Duchess and stuff, and, like, Bo-Katan. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and Bo-Katan and stuff, is, like, they say like, you know, if you help us out, not only will we like let you go talk to the Mandalorians around there, but we will also, you know, talk to the New Republic on your mm-hmm. behalf to establish you as an independent yeah. system, a recognized independent system. And that was a big thing is like, well, once we get Mandalore back on its feet, then we're going so, to you need know, to create, create established relations, right? Yeah, and but nobody
2: wants to see that. Everybody wants to see blasting, blasty pew-pew. No, 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 right. no. The, the, ba- the battle droid was
0: repurposed, so Everybody yeah, yeah. wants I don't to see get
2: that. unless
1: there's violence. Everybody wants <laughs> to see
0: that, except for the minority of people that just want to stir shit up. That's, that's literally what? it. Wait, no, what? You're Isn't saying the opposite. other way around? People want to see the bang, 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 right? Yeah. The, that's the minority of people. We are okay with seeing this, which is the majority of people okay you said it yeah, so yeah you said that's what I'm, I'm trying to say that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> I, so. yeah i get your answer you. but uh, the, um, the actual position that uh bombardier has in the empire is a facilities planning officer which is perfect for the role that he's in in this episode he's <laughs> like what is he doing I, he's yeah. maintaining a facility
1: i mean that that's also i feel like that's just straight up a callback to school or uh not school a callback, rock. but like an uh, yeah homage to the school of rock yeah um yeah, it makes sense, right? If, if you're going to do this with Mandalore, you're going to, you know, if you're going to try and make Mandalore a system again, you're going to need allies. And hey, you know, even on top of that, I think Bo can realized that it's like, hey, if we, if I conquer Mandalore and I make us a people again, here's a cash cow. Just at any point, I can just be like, hey, Plazir, do you still need mercenaries? Cool. Yeah. We know each other. We've got a working relationship. We owe each other.
0: We can well, do some you know, like they,
1: they owe her more than she owes them. But exactly, you've got a direct cash cow setup. Why would you not take that opportunity? Sick. I got my that's planet and now I've got resources. Your yeah. take
0: back and re- redemption or uh, yeah. revitalization of the planet.
1: Yeah, I mean that's all you you leave a couple of those gauntlets behind as you go and reclaim Mandalore and if anything comes to Plazir, it's like hey, we got Mandalorian protection. Hell score
0: up well can help with the re you know revitalization of mandalore as a facilities planning person like just getting getting like the, the planet back together you know
1: I mean yeah maybe I I see the point there it's just I feel like it would go in, a, in a, the wrong direction right like I don't know if he's great for uh planning a bit what is equivalency to like a war world or a military world now
0: well I mean just like um, getting all like the facilities of like you know government up and established or just like stuff like that and like you know getting like city hall built up and all the, you know, the things like that. And like all the infrastructure of where people are going to live and all that kind of stuff. Right. Just the, yeah, the more so. basic stuff in that regard. But um, one thing I thought was pretty interesting too, was uh, the droid bar is called the resistor and a resistor and electronic components is that mm. something that regulates or limits the flow of electrical current in an electric circuit. So it's mm. like something for them to just like come and relax to at the droid bar, yeah, which I thought was sense. kind of funny.
1: Yeah. get drunk. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and uh, that's why, you know, it that plus its name, that's why I was immediately like, oh, George Rebellion, we're doing uh, Droid Liberation Army, uh, Resistor, that's a little bit too on the nose. It was so on the nose, it wasn't even the, the yeah. point,
0: which I appreciated. Um there was a there was a lot in a fun in this episode. Like there was like cyberpunk esque streets, uh, which are kind of kind of cool. Like when they're running through the streets with the B two battle droid and chasing them down. Like it's got like that yeah, it vibe. It just remind to me it.
2: of episode two. Where, a little bit, yeah. When yeah, they're running yeah, through the streets of Coruscant,
0: chasing the assassin. Yeah. 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 I thought that was pretty good. I mean, we got you know, you know, Din's more relationship with the the droids and stuff like that. The Ugnot stuff that you know he was able to kind of plan through i guess with uh, his knowledge mm. of queel and everything that he's done there and kind of boasting them up a little bit and being like we know that the Ugnots are like the best yeah, species yeah. in the world oh, or the dude, galaxy I, too. I, yeah. I
1: literally as he was giving that speech i was like wow you really gotta jerk U- Ugnats off to get them to help you huh like <laughs> man it, it's so it's so blatant what it, he's doing but they got it yeah. up. i was like oh boy all right i i mean i guess i get it you know they had a shitty. Um, shitty time. Well, not shitty time, but they they were very clearly like the under part of Cloud City.
0: It's like when you go to Jabba's so palace and you're like, oh, mighty illustrious Jabba yeah, the Hutt. Yeah. You know, like, we heard your name through runging through the galaxy for a yeah, yeah. and all this
1: stuff, right? But with a crime lord, you kind of expect that. Yeah, you kind of have guys, to do that. A little, just a little, just little mechanic, guys. Yeah, so, in the base.
2: <laughs> I, I knew, normally you'd be upset with the the whole chase scene and how yeah. they did it. Because it's very reminiscent of the chase scene in Book of Boba Fett, where just like, me, seriously, one yeah. of you couldn't go there and do yeah. this and cut them off and anything like that, only until he was like, okay, go this way. And I'm going to make this time it actually worked, where he's like, yeah, I'm going to divert up right. this side. Yeah. You continue. Okay. And then I'll actually tackle it versus like, and then I'll just merge again and we'll just keep doing the same chase.
1: Like yeah. that was the difference. But it was just like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, here we go. It a better <laughs> fucking work. Tell <laughs> us that you're better, <laughs> and and at first I was like, oh, I get it. Not neither of them have jetpacks, but then the B two throws like the first container at them, and Bo uses her jetpack yeah, to yeah. get under
0: it. I was like, no, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah, and she jumps over with like luggage, like the yeah. stuff in the hallway. She, she uses it a couple of times. So I'm like, and
1: fly over. There's nothing stopping. Maybe she's enough. Who knows? Of was <laughs> that
2: like if you notice all the people they can see a chase going and they see the Mm. excitement in it so they're kind of lingering around and there's a big Mm. crowd of them if she was first off igniting it she had enough space but landing yeah i don't think she would have unless she had to fully land on top of it and then risk like it it's a fucking super battle droid it can rip her off and toss her at that point yeah. So it's just like we need to do this, disable it quickly, and everything like that. I'm I love... not whipping out blasters with a bunch of people around to get us kicked off this place. Yeah. So mm-hmm. everything was just like you know within within moderation within the parameters. So it's just like yeah, let's take it down without blasters, without jetpack, anything like that. That's what it seemed like to me. Just to be like mm-hmm. you know they said you know they respect the religion, but let's that, not abuse our position here because we need yeah. to be here to get. You don't to want our them things. to have a
0: bad opinion about Mandalorians either.
2: Not even yeah, that. It's just like they, we just don't want to lose our opportunity to go speak to the easiest conversion that we can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing, too, is uh, the I love that when Ma- uh, Mando jumped through the window to tackle the B2. I'm like, out of all things you're doing, you're just going to jump out and tackle a droid? Sure. He just has so yeah. much rage towards these things. I get it. Like, Like, if he was... Tackling a person, he'd be like, they're just beating the shit out of the person's face, <laughs> but like it's a <laughs> well, droid, so he just shoots into it, right? But plus, he's in well he doesn't even get the guy. shot
1: off though. Right? I it's thought like they, both, they shot both shot into
0: both... it, like he shot front, no, they shot back. There's
1: nothing on its front side. Oh,
2: yeah. okay, okay, there you yeah. go. It looked like it, it was just that that yeah. was the light on his chest, but he's in full best guard, mm-hmm. so he can go in with his head down yeah. like a football Yo, player. his he goes doesn't have one on, and I'm pretty sure that that plating may not be dunium, but it's still pretty, freaking solid. Like, I wouldn't want to bash my head off a super battle droid. That case seemed kind of
1: stupid. Yeah. And as, opposed, as opposed to Din who we saw get punched into the Architens last season.
0: Yeah. And then we, we also get Commissioner Hellgate who was I thought was perfect. Cause like you see Christopher Lloyd like, oh yeah, he's like cameo cool like what a good guy like i love the actor and then he turns out to be the bad guy and you're like oh shit okay his voice
2: reminded me so much of the the narrator for um clone wars and everything like that i was just like (laughs) i don't know if you're putting on as a bit but because he's a separatist in clone wars and all that i thought it was a little clever thing to do to be yeah. like what does this voice remind you of what what yeah. era does this remind you of all that and so when he said separatists i was like i'm not fucking surprised i love
0: that that little <laughs> nod to it and like him seeing the the chance to be able to like reprogram battle droids and stuff like that and bring the separatists kind of back a little bit in his mind and then at the end they're like okay grandpa yeah dooku's great let's go <laughs> to the moon like <laughs> I my, was so funny
1: my only problem with it is like It works for a contained episode. What the hell was his plan? Like, what was any, They're already overthrow the society, maybe? I don't know. Right? We're a democratic society. Great. This is what you wanted. Why are you going to make this? Yeah, I'm going to make a bunch of accidents. For what purpose? I mean, he could have made it so it was like he made the (laughs) accidents
0: happen and then he was the one to solve it because they're a democratic society and voted both uh, uh, Bombardier and the Duchess in. So they could vote him out and put Hellgate in because he solved the issue, right? Then, then they should have explained that at the yeah. end of that part. Like, it's it didn't just seem light. like he had a full plan.
1: Yeah, I, you know, maybe just angry and raging, but it's just it's just like it ends and they like sweep it under the rug. We we got a fight scene. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I'm down for a fight scene, but what what the hell was what? any of this?
0: Where's he going? <laughs> yeah,
1: we we do also get. I thought it was a hilarious grogu moment because we we see basically he you know he takes to Lizzo really quick because she's feeding him stuff. And yeah, that was the fishes. Yeah, um, and then later on they're doing this weird like isopod. Yeah. Uh, throwing ball game um it's botchy just with yeah basically Star with the with, yeah. yeah with uh, yeah. tiny crab things uh fun fact pill bugs, bugs. isopods are closer related to crabs than well they are actually a uh subspecies of crab they're not insects um they have gills anyways that's just a whole other thing of like no one knows too much shit uh <laughs> random no one knows too welcome much random to shit. the
0: segment no one knows too yeah, much basically.
1: shit um, but, but there's a, a cute moment where like she, uh, Lizzo is doing like the, the ball game and you can clearly see Grogu just like fudging her, her throws. Yeah. Cause she's up, like this crazy. Oh my God. I've never seen a someone get, like a four point throw. And before. a three in a row. My yeah, God. it's just like, he, she's clearly cheating. And, <laughs> like, well, you can, yeah. You can see Grogu's hand up, but like, nobody knows he's a Jedi. Nobody knows he's doing, using the force. So he's just, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to help the person I like. Yeah. But Barty's like, like, oh my God,
0: gonna... God, it's like three in a row. it's the best record yeah. you've ever had. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. I just hope they don't go to, like, a tournament and try and make money off of that. Because they're not they going to do name? well. They, they yeah, what do to yeah, 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 that's fair. That's, fair.
1: That, that's something else, like, it, I, I don't need this explained in the episode, but I'm curious where it's like, because Pleasure 15 is really interesting to me. Uh, like I said, it reminds me of Warhammer, because in Warhammer 40k, there are di- different designations for all the planets, like Agro Worlds, where it's like you make food, and Hive Worlds, where it's you make resources. But Pleasure Worlds is one of those designations. Oh, okay. Um, And they're, they're basically the, you know, the, the, I'm going to be blunt. The, the, the description of a paradise world can basically be as lewd as you want. But in, in the base books, it's basically like, it is just a, it is a paradise world. You go there and everything's idyllic and it's, you know, usually for the richest of the rich to go and relax and enjoy and live on. Um, But it is, it's kind of, it reminded me of, of what Plazier 15 is basically doing. It's like, yeah, you don't work. You don't uh, labor. You just are literally doted on yeah um which is also another again tangent um but it's also something i really like in stellaris which is a large kind of 4x uh tactical strategy game um there there's a million and one different uh races you can play in there if you ever wanted to play any sci-fi race on a galactic scale stellaris but one of the ones i really like from there is you can be a droid um or a machine synthetic origin and ed you would appreciate this they have a mass effect mod where i tried this out um where you're where basically uh so for my example i was playing as the geth um but you basically um you're call co- you 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 play as a machine race that has it's called in the game biotrophies um which is the race that created you and they don't do anything they're not the army they're not the navy they're not you can't use them as commanders they just relax in paradise you have to just build housing for them um so in in the version i was playing it was alternate well basically pets but also like they're your your protection charges Uh, so this is a cool way to kind of play this different machine race um so for the one i was doing i was playing as as the geth in an alternate world where there was no rebellion they're just like we're looking after the quarians um making sure they have a good life as we uh, as i at least in this playthrough was brutally obliterating every other force i came in contact with mm-hmm. Being like now that you've lost come to our paradise domes i'll yeah. give as many lobotomies as i need to until you agree with me <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like that, that just that kind of a structure being shown in star wars as far as i can remember i don't um i mean maybe it has been but I don't remember seeing anything like this in, in legends or Canon. Yeah, cool. we so it's see cool. Just this, yeah. Like we've, seen,
0: we've seen like casinos and stuff like that, but that's different. It's more. Yeah. This a canto bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Like a full on paradise world where they're like, all well, cause Christopher Lloyd, well, Hellgate says it himself, right? If the droid labor force goes down, the whole society collapses. Cause nobody here understands how to take care of. Hopefully
0: they don't sports. have an entry crisis. That would be bad.
1: Right. Well, yeah, exactly. But, um, which is also a thing in the Stellaris game. If you run out of energy credits, your entire, your entire, everything starts falling to pieces. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was cool to see like, oh, I, I like seeing this new archetype. It's a little bit surprising to me that we're seeing it in the outer rim of all places. I assume that would have been like a Core Worlds thing. Yeah. Um, but I, it makes me more interested in being like, I didn't need to see it this episode, but I'm, I'd am i like to see why uh, Pleasure is able to become a Paradise World. What resource do they have such an abundance of? Jack Black. Um, that the,
0: right that's all you need that's all you need (laughs) and
1: entertain i mean that's honestly an avenue that they could pursue though right if it's like hey all of our guys you know we had a resource and then we were we became so lucrative off of it that everyone is um is able to just pursue their artistic yeah um you know interests and liberties and now now we export entertainers yeah right
0: like shit that makes sense um or, yeah, you I'm host, just curious, right? Right? or you host that kind of stuff yeah. yeah. bring people Doing in to, to enjoy the entertainment, and it's like a vacation yeah. almost, right?
1: And that's why you need a Mandalorian standing force, because people know about it, right? Yeah. Um, but kind of leading into that, that is also a, a link that I really like, is now we now have two planets that theoretically um, would want to join the Mandalorian system. Navarro? Whenever it, it's great. Yeah, Navarro and Plazir, right? Yep. Both of them are using the Mandalorians as protection. If they can just be like, "Hey, not only do you get protection, you get to be pulled in with us," um, and it, it almost looks like it's starting to turn into something where it's like, "Hey, we have a bunch of really lucrative trade planets under our domain. Yeah, our export is protection. Yeah, for these planets, you want to get in some of the credits, you have to fight us for." It's an it.
0: ecosystem forming here, and we get to see it yeah. like, like happening in informant, which and is really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm down for that but Ed, yeah, did you have anything else that good. you wanted to bring up? I don't know like
2: I said it was an episode Like <laughs> I can't wait for the next one because um, it's up in the air Like, are they going to go back to Navarro and introduce these guys or are they just going to continue on and search for more do they have leads on where more maybe Axe Wolves and the other Mandalorians know where other sects of, mm-hmm. Mandal- of Mandalorians are so it's it's cool to see. I d just pointing out something in the uh in the resistor, like all the different droid types that were in there. That was cool. Some that we haven't seen for a while, mm-hmm. um, some that you may have only seen in video games, some that you may have seen like really late legends kind of stuff, and they were all brought in. So it's really it was really cool. Like we we talked about RA seven maybe a few episodes ago. And oh, yeah. sorry, to sorry. see it show up there, A, to begin with, introducing them to the planet, the Imperial RA-7, and then in mm-hmm. the actual bar itself. So seeing seeing just different droid types, like we're so used to seeing astromechs or gonk droids. Mm-hmm.
0: B2 and B1s and B2s just chilling. It's just so weird. <laughs>
1: dude speaking of though the imperial droids that was another red herring for me because i when they got off the gun i was like, like oh saw no a, yeah yeah i saw a black protocol droid and a black astromech i was like I there's know. no it's way it's a triple zero pt
0: and then there's not i'm like is it imperial and it's not i'm like oh thank god okay <laughs> no they were imperial well ex- were. ex-imperial yeah, yeah ex-imperial droid
2: right like nobody changed their plane no i thought like the people like that, that yeah. were in
0: charge of this place were all Imperial. Like, it looks like a oh, utopia yeah, yeah. but it's like the big bad it's like yeah i thought it was that kind of thing but... Uh, no, I mean, you're half, right? Yeah, it was similar. It was similar. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, good
2: episode. Decent episode. Can't wait for the next one. Me too. Mm.
0: Apparently, the next two episodes I'm... are good stuff. Yeah, people have been saying... Because they showed it at Celebration. They showed right? the next um, one at Celebration. And then on the panel, they were like... You know, like, the next two episodes like really round this out. Which is like, okay, good. Okay.
1: I, I am still praying that... In the next two episodes, they go to Concord Dawn. We get to see Fen'Rao. Because the only... Thing there. Was it this was it this recording or the last record or the failed recording where we I talked about what the the stolen fleet consists of?
0: Uh, last one, I think. Okay, um, yeah, because
1: we see and if I'm repeating myself for this pod or for this one, I apologize. No, no, it wasn't.
2: It was in the missed one because you said you counted how many gauntlets and stuff there were before. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, also, so so I already did talk about it, or. I don't think... You, was... gotta, you gotta say it again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll say it again. Because, uh, yeah, we basically... Uh, we see the Stolen Fleet, and I guess that is also an Easter egg, right? And it, it seems like the fleet consists of... Um, there's one Architans, uh that is, you know, Gideon's, uh, now the the Night Owls, well, now Bo-Katans. Um, there's two Gazantis. We see one on the right and one on the extreme left. And, yeah, six to seven Gauntlet Fighters. Um, and when I saw that, I was like, okay, I really, really hope we go to Concord Dawn. Um, we... You know Bo re-recruits the protectors um because he did work with them in rebels uh, and then we get a a supplement of fang fighters because i I, that's that's all we're missing it's the last piece of the puzzle and i know favreau and filoni love mandalorian stuff so just show me some fang fighters show me those wings that spin 360 around the cockpit oh so good good. you
2: know what you're going to hear though Hmm? i'll tell you right now as soon as they see a fang fighter and it's spinning around Oh, wow. so they're just doing the Inquisitor stuff now? Uh, yeah. no, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. It was
1: already established. They're just fake Star Wars fans if that's what the problem is. No one
0: likes the the, the, the fighters, either, love, but not the Inquisitors because the they did it weirdly.
1: <laughs> well, they flew he, with he,
0: them. It's like, th- 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that, the one that's, thing.
1: that's where it goes too far. It's that, and then the eighth brother having like saw blades on his. And yeah. it's like, why are you threatening him with saw blades? You have a fucking lightsaber.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, well, and, and I love the Fangs because up until then all we had was the uh, I can't even remember what they're called. They're an X-wing, but the, like Mandel, the Mandel Motors uh, Legends ships, they're okay, but they don't really have a distinctive personality. Um, I can't like they're snub fighters. It's like the A three something, and it it you can tell that it's what they base the Fang fighter design on, but it looks so much more like no offense to the designer, but it looks much more generic than the fang fighters actually are I, I could look it up at some point but um the most interesting ship that they ever had was in empire at war the Keldeby battleship in forces of corruption um that's a mandel motors battleship and it looks interesting um but again all the mandel motor stuff just looks very kind of generic star wars yeah um it, it just looks like a big thick brown cruiser
0: they're very um, angular ships except for, like the star vipers
1: well, the Star Viper. Oh, yeah, it is Mandal Motors. Yeah, the Star Vipers exists in a weird place in my head because I never see it as Mandalorian. Yeah, I know. She's always that's a feline
0: ship. And it is. Yeah, I'm on. just looking on their on the wiki of like their which ones they they have here and like a lot yeah, of them yeah. are very angular except for for those. But like, yeah, most of mm. it's just like pretty generic Star Wars. Yeah, so
1: so you might be able to to find the fighter I'm talking about. It basically has one big engine at the back, and then it's got the wings in the reverse way that the fangs do.
0: Uh, okay, um, so it's look. got
1: wings that are going backwards, but they're they're a little bit angular, but yeah, it was always just kind of like cool. It's a bunch of brown ships. Um, neat.
0: Um, was it the wing blast rocket? Oh, no, sorry, that's not that's the that uh, virago. Vira- isn't that a uh, oh, that's a very similar to the visiges your ship thing, Gabor class?
1: Oh, the M3A sick interceptor, M3A sick. Okay. That's the one, yeah. Well, like, oh. it looks it looks neat, but it. it yeah, compared to the Fang. It it's completely different. Um nice.
0: Although ironically I
1: don't see the Keldeby
0: battleship here. Are they built on Mandalore? Is that the idea? Like the Mandal Motors is, yeah. like on Mandalore?
1: Well, Mandal Motors, I don't know if it was on Mandalore in Legends, but it was like the the um it was known for producing Mandalorian ships. Oh, uh the Lancer too. Um Ketsu Onyo's ship.
0: Yes, that's also Motors. I saw I, that in there. Yeah, yeah. It's apparently headquarters um, was on Mandalore. Um, but oh, okay. that's all there was that I can see here.
1: Yeah, as far as I, I ever knew from Legends, it was just like this is you know how the Mandalorians had a space fleet was no one no one else was willing to, to produce ships for them and you know in case they get raided yeah. by them instead of a payment so they set up their own ship manufacturer.
0: Cool. Um. Yeah. Fire sprays are as well. Or no? Nope. Nope. Uh, fire sprays are Kuat, I believe. Oh yeah. Sorry. You're
1: right. okay. um, yeah. They, are, they were the, fi-
0: the military like police vessels
1: uh just police uh the the backstory for that one is that jango is imprisoned on um a mine this is from the bounty hunter video yeah. game but he's imprisoned on a uh mining planet and when he breaks out he steals the Kuat fire spray and that's why he has and him. destroys all the other ones that's also why it's supposed to be unique is because they only produced a very limited amount of kuats and then when Django destroyed the rest of them they were like fuck it uh this line doesn't work and, uh, like uh, and it was all worry
0: except for that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was also
1: horrifically expensive to produce because you got yeah. a cockpit that moves independently yeah. from the ship depending on its position. So, um, yeah, that's at least that was their explanation. Was like, why don't we see other Kuats? And they were like, because there's only one. And then they were like, except for that other Kuat and that other Kuat yeah. and that other fire spray. Stop asking questions. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, yeah. So they got all the parts from the ones that were destroyed,
1: made yeah. their own. Because there's another mercenary. I can't remember her name, but she's in X-wing. As a pirate um, who also has a fire spray.
0: Can't wait to see. Scarlet something, I think. I can't wait to see Pip My Ride with uh, the extra parts from the fire spray with exhibit. <laughs> Putting bubbles coming out the exhaust.
1: Oh, um, <laughs> not, not dealing with exhibit. Yeah, okay. um, but the other thing that I did kind of like from this episode is we now, with the end of this episode, we kind of answer something that had been bugging me for the last couple of episodes, okay. which is like, cool, Din's gotten N1. What happens when he's like, I wish I could stretch my legs in hyperspace? True. Right? He was trapped in that N1. Now, cruiser. yeah, now we can park it on the Architons. I mean, that's that's the other thing that I was curious about was, we see a lot of night owls in this episode. Like There's like keep, 20 of them. Yeah, they keep cutting to different members, and you see like a whole slew of them. So I was like, cool. How many ships is the Architons actually carrying? I'm guessing none. They're, that hangar bay is tiny, right? It only really holds starfighters. So I think the n one's the only ship that's actually inside. And then you've probably got both Gazan'tes carrying gaunt- two of the gauntlets. Yeah, we didn't
0: see where the N1 was in this episode. Like, was it inside the gauntlet that they landed with? Because normally they're driving mm. side by side. But in this episode, yeah. they were all in one ship in the gauntlet fighter. I, so I, think,
1: I think he just left it back on Navarro. He could have, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, that'd be it'd be interesting to see if it was parked in the gauntlet. Like, I, that'd be kind of cool like, to know that, yes, you can park it in here. I'm curious how,
1: because as far as I know, the, the gauntlet doesn't have exterior docking That's docking the thing,
0: clamps.
1: yeah. Like, is connecting to the uh, the gauntlets I can see.
0: Yeah. Because you, uh, just... you got
1: that weird feed port, and then you probably just... You wouldn't be... Well, I don't know. Who knows what the gauntlet, right? I, I assume it'd be like you, you dock it there, and then the guy has to actually get out and fly through space to get yeah, back in. Yeah, maybe. Um, but who knows? It, but yeah, it's just like, I feel like they're... The, the, and that's why I'm saying I'm excited for Fang Fighters because the only thing you're missing right now are snub fighters, yeah. as, you know, ship to ship combats. Um,
0: we know Gauntlets can do that; they're just a big target as well. Yeah, they're not yeah. as maneuverable.
1: You're, you're you're basically a troop carrier. Yeah. right? you're. It's the Mandalorian version of a U-wing over a Lat, even. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, in both cases, yeah, yeah, combat fighters. Although I'd argue that the U-wing and the Gauntlet are probably better at ship to ship. They're sleeker too, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: and I would assume
1: quicker. Yeah, lat, LAT strikes me as very much like army transport. Yeah, like, let's is, drop these
0: guys and get yeah, out of here.
1: We, well, we need Starfighter support when we're... Co- well, you see uh, Clone Wars, right? Landing at Point Rain, It goes horribly because they don't have Starfighter support. Yeah. Um, but with a U-Wing or uh, a gauntlet, it, it makes a lot more sense of being like, well, we can do this on our own. We're very heavily armored and low profile.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: outside of the one, all the ones that get shot down in scare off, but you know.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. I think that does it for this episode, though. Yeah, they're uh, final I, I feel like I've
1: kind of stolen most of the talking this episode, but that's uh, all right. That's all I had, basically.
0: Ed, any last points? Oh, no, no I'm okay. All righty. Let's get into the outro. welcome to the outro of the podcast for mandalorian chapter 22 guns for hire thank you for listening to this episode and hanging out with us if you didn't get to see our stream last night which was april 7th um Mm. feel free to tune in for this upcoming friday which is april 14th at 7 to 8 p.m on twitch which we'll get into as well if you want to get finding us there but i'm gonna stop doing that and give it over to ed if there's any reason you have to contact us if you want to let us know what your thoughts were on this episode or
2: if you we missed out on any easter eggs or something that you thought was relevant please get in contact with us you can find us over at voiceoftheforce.com. while you're there check out our merch shop we'd appreciate it it's a shop.voiceoftheforce.com uh, you can contact us by email that is connect at voice of on social media we're on twitter and instagram you can find us on both platforms with the tag at VoiceForcePod. Anything you do retweet or repost, such as our new episode tweets, does help with growing our listener base and is very much appreciated. Like Dan said, we'll be on Twitch. To find us, you can go to twitch.tv VoiceForceGaming. Keep an eye on your Instagram page or Twitter, where we'll post that we're about to start our stream or our stream times, or if anything changes, that's where you can find out. So please listen, rate, review, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. If you do re- leave a review of five stars and a comment, it does help with the visibility of the podcast. And when you subscribe, which is for free, you'll get the latest episode as soon as it releases.
0: Thank you, Ed and Noma. And remember, if you want to live rock and roll, you got to something rock and roll. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Bombardier! (laughs) And remember, I've already forgotten. Yeah, (laughs) I had it in my head for a second there. I'm like, wait a minute. Ah, it's gone. (laughs) Good night, everybody.